0: I created the comprehensive step-by-step program called Healed Being for emotionally abusive people that want to change over at HealedBeing.com. If you hurt the people you love or you know someone that does, Healed Being is the most effective course that will change lives. Sign up for the first four lessons for free over at HealedBeing.com. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. I have to say that. (laughs) I legally legally have to say that because it's important to remember that uh, everyone is different. Everyone takes information differently. They'll interpret things differently. And I just have to be careful. So that's why I say it every time. And uh, I mean, you know that, but uh, that's the legal stuff I have to say on every episode. Anyway, today is uh, sort of a head scratcher for me or not really. I mean, it was a head scratcher. It was something that I had to consider that I hadn't considered before, which is um, sort of the reverse of a trauma bond. If you're not familiar with a with a trauma bond, just imagine a, um, a drug or, an, or alcohol that someone has an addiction to, and when they're feeling down, they drink or they smoke or they take the drug, and then they feel up, they feel high, they feel good. And then uh, some time goes by and they get sober, they, get, they feel better, and they're not on the drug anymore, and then they feel down again how do I get back up? How do I get back into a high place? You take the drug again. I'm not saying you, I'm saying the person doing this takes the drug again, takes the alcohol again. And that is an up and down up and down cycle of, I don't know, high and low, weak and strong, or feeling good and feeling bad. These are just different cycles that uh, someone can get into. And it can be never ending because... When you're feeling down and you want to feel up, you're going to go to your coping mechanism. And when you're feeling up, you feel good in that space, but it doesn't last forever. So you'll go back into the place you were before. And that is uh, the inability to handle emotional stuff or just not knowing the best way to do it or haven't been taught the best way to handle some hard to deal with emotions or some old trauma, some abuse, some PTSD, whatever was in your past. If you've not learned how to deal with that and you don't know any other way and you don't have professional help to walk you through it, that can end up happening. The up and down cycle, the high and low, the good and bad. And um, when that happens, you sort of get addicted to that feeling. And it's, it's not just the addiction that you might be Addicted to. It's the feeling of the ups and lows that you get addicted to. And that is sort of a trauma bond. The trauma bond is usually used in relationship sense where you're in a a difficult relationship, but you have highs and lows. But the lows can be emotionally abusive, can be physically abusive. And when you're in that low state, you're looking for the high. So you stay in the relationship knowing that. The good times are coming because there are good times in the type of trauma bond I'm talking about, and you're constantly looking for the next high in the relationship. And so you're in this low state in a relationship and then um, something good happens or you stop fighting or they stop mistreating you and you really like the idea of feeling worthy and loved. And so you start to feel good again. And that good feeling becomes something that you look forward to. You become almost dependent on it. So when the lows come and you're feeling bad, they're mistreating you, they're hurting you, they're abusing you, that is a temporary state in your mind because you know the good feeling will come again. You know they will start treating you well again. They will start loving you in a healthy way again. At least from your perspective. And you love that good feeling because you might feel worthy, you might feel important, you might feel seen, you might feel understood, you might feel heard during those happy, good times. And um, this is what creates the love and abuse cycle that I talk about over on my other podcast, Love and Abuse. And that love and abuse cycle creates a trauma bond. You can become addicted to that feeling of up and down. You don't like the downs, you don't like the bad, but you love the good because it makes you feel so good. And you start to believe that that's the only way you can get that feeling. Just like um, the addict with drugs and alcohol or whatever they are addicted to, they believe it's the only way to feel good. They feel bad, so they drink or smoke or inject or swallow, and then they feel good because it overrides the emotional coping mechanisms inside of us. And so that's how a trauma bond forms, is that you have highs and lows in whatever you're doing. You feel bad, you feel bad, you feel good, you feel bad, you feel bad, you feel bad, you feel good. And as long as the good feelings keep coming sporadically, even infrequently, it creates that addiction because you want that good feeling again. and so. This whole preamble is about the basic thing that I'm talking about today, which is uh, somebody's message to me. They said that they were the emotionally abusive person and they feel like that maybe they became bonded to how they were treating the other person and appreciated the good times, didn't like going through the bad times, but they felt like perhaps they experienced some sort of bonding process. And this is kind of the reverse of what usually happens. Like the straightforward approach of a trauma bond is the victim of abusive behavior develops a strong bond to the person that is abusing them because that person sprinkles in the highs, sprinkles in the good feelings and uh, showing them that they love them and that they're worthy and they're important in their life in in different ways. And as long as those good feelings are still in the relationship, that's how the trauma bond continues. So the victim of abusive behavior will experience that addiction type of um, reaction that, that it becomes, the relationship becomes addictive because they want more of that good feeling. I want to feel worthy. I want to feel loved. I want to feel important to that person. I want to feel attractive. I want to feel like I am very special in their life. So I want that feeling over and over again. How do I get it? I have to go through the valleys. I have to go through the dark times. I have to go through the abuse. And that is definitely unhealthy. It's a very toxic situation. And it has to be broken in order for a healthy relationship to develop and broken just means it has to be addressed inside of the person experiencing it. It has to be reflected upon. It might require therapy. It might require talking to a friend or just reflecting and realizing what they're doing. It's hard to break though, because if somebody is already experiencing low self-worth and low self-esteem And they believe the only way they can fulfill themselves and feel worthy and and feel confident in themselves and feel loved and all that is to rely on that other person, the person that's hurting them to not hurt them for a period of time so they can get that quote high. And that's a sort of the basic recipe for any addiction uh, from my perception. I'm not an expert on addiction, but that's how I see it. And uh, you can become addicted to so many things and so many uh, people because the highs can be so good. They can feel so good. They can brighten your day and that becomes addictive. It's sort of like somebody coming up to you and saying, I'll give you a million dollars a year if you let me smash your thumb with a hammer once every six months. (laughs) Think about it. Would you let somebody smash your thumb with a hammer once every six months for a million bucks a year? I mean, if money is important to you. And it's a good time to mention BetterHelp, since we're talking about all this stuff. (laughs) BetterHelp is online therapy designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I remember when all the bad stuff was happening in my life and, you know, I think I caused most of it, (laughs) but it was happening and I took responsibility and I just needed to talk to somebody about it. Sometimes we have these thoughts that we just can't get out of our mind and keeps us up at night and prevents us from being able to enjoy our life. And that's not a way to live, but it turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through with somebody who knows how to help you talk them through. That's what BetterHelp is there to do. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, consider BetterHelp. Give it a try. Like I said, it's entirely online. It's flexible. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. And if you've been listening a while, you know that I've talked about when I've gone to therapy in the past, and it has been a huge help in my life. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash brain today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com forward slash brain. It's a question that I know some people are going to say, yes, of course, I'll just go through it and then deal with it. But that's the high I'm talking about. Like the high is, oh, I'm getting a million dollars. But the low is uh, the the pain you know you'll have when somebody smashes your thumb, yet you believe it's worth it. And that, again, that's how it, the addiction is formed and the trauma bond is formed. So this person wrote to me, this, the reason I'm talking about this is this person wrote to me and said he might be experiencing like a reverse type of trauma bond where he was the emotionally abusive one. He is going through a divorce right now, and he looks at his past and reflects upon it and realizes all the harm he's done. And he also realizes he needs help. He decided to go to therapy and he found a good therapist and that's fantastic. And now he's talking about his issues and challenges and his low self-worth and low self-esteem and everything that led to him doing abusive behaviors, some old traumas probably. And he also thinks that perhaps he was addicted to the cycle that he perpetuated or he created. And he didn't say that exactly, but that's what I interpreted from what he wrote to me. Is it possible to actually, he used the word share a bond or share a trauma bond. And I see it as perhaps the person he was with was experiencing the trauma bond going through the highs and lows with him. And he was creating that situation, and he was wondering perhaps maybe that he became part of that addictive cycle too. Again, these are my words, not his, and thank you to the person who wrote all of this. Thank you for sharing that. I wanted to talk about it today because it it started off as a head scratcher, and uh, it really made me think about all the situations in our life that we can become addicted to, and what is causing the addiction? What is causing what might be considered considered a trauma bond in a different form? Like, why do we continue doing something that we know is harmful to us? Why do we continue exposing ourselves to something harmful or someone harmful? And my answer is because we're getting benefit from it. There is a gain or even a secondary gain for going through the bad times to get to those good times. And I'm not saying that all of these, let's just call them trauma bonds. I'm not saying that all of these trauma bonds are unhealthy. I mean, sometimes we do have to go through the bad to get to the good. When it becomes unhealthy is when you do have that addictive feeling and you believe that the only way to get to that high or good feeling is to go through the cycle that I'm talking about. The love and abuse cycle, the good and bad cycle, the type of cycle that brings you down and keeps you down for a while so that you can have these infrequent highs. And that's the problem. A lot of them, a lot of the situations I'm talking about, the highs, the good feelings are so infrequent that it can sometimes leave you wanting more in staying in a bad situation. So you might be down for a month or six months and then... One day, everything is great. And then you have another six months of feeling terrible or feeling low. And then another day comes and you feel great. And so the the longer in between it takes to get to the high feelings or the good feelings, I'm going to say the less chance that you will become addicted at the same time, it could make things worse. It could make it bad because every day you're hoping for that good day and you feel addicted to the hope that the day comes sooner than later. And so you stay in a situation that keeps you low. It keeps you in a lowered state. Whatever that lowered state is. I don't feel good. I feel hurt. I feel sad. And unless you're depressed or something, usually people don't want to stay in that state. I mean, a lot of people don't want to be depressed either, but it's hard to seek happiness and seek that higher state when you're depressed. It's a different experience altogether, but I'm not talking about that. But when you're trying to get to that higher state, feel good and be treated better or change your circumstances so you're not in that lowered state, that can also create that addictive quality to what you're going through. So Getting your your thumb smashed by a hammer might be worth it to some people to make a million bucks a year. It might be personally, no thanks <laughs> No way would I do that Not worth it to me because I want to enjoy my life. I imagine my thumb getting smashed and it taking what two, three, four, six months to heal. not for me. Some people might say I don't care. I'll go through it. I have a high tolerance for pain. They might say something like that. Your personality is definitely part of what creates a trauma bond or an addiction or anything like that. Because some people don't have addictive personalities and some people also have a value system that's important to them. Personally, my health, physical pain (laughs) that I don't want is important to me. I don't want physical pain. That's important to me. And it's more important than money. So my health, if I was very unhealthy, but I was wealthy, it wouldn't be worth it to me because what am I going to do? Live another six months, have a heart attack and die. I mean, that's what it, that's how I see things. It's fatalist, (laughs) but I don't want to be wealthy if I'm unhealthy. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. I just, I don't want to be wealthy if I'm unhealthy because that's a value of mine. And so coming back to um, this trauma bond and how this other person sees it, like, am I, Am I addicted to the idea or the cycle that I'm perpetuating of the highs and the lows? Even though I'm doing it, even though I'm creating it. Well, there's a way to look at this several ways. That's why it's a head scratcher. One of the ways is that you create the cycle, this person I'm talking to, you create the cycle, but it may not be a voluntary creation. It may not be something that you are consciously creating. There are times that we are conscious of our own behaviors, but sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're emotionally triggered and it happens. We are triggered, we get angry, and then things are crappy for the following few days because everyone's unhappy, I'm unhappy. And then we find a way to get through it, we process it, or we don't process it and repress it. If we repress it, it becomes a problem later. But let's just say that we've done something and we feel better. And now everything's good again. Can you get addicted to the cycle that you perpetuate in any situation, not just relationships? And my answer is yes. You can become addicted to a cycle that you perpetuate. Why don't I get along with my uncle? Every time my uncle says this, I get angry. And then we have good times one day, but then I'm angry again. And my uncle says this and I'm angry it's not that we want the bad times or the low times. It's that we appreciate the good times so much that uh, we want more of that. So we're willing to go through the bad times and the toxic cycles to get more of that. With family, it's a lot harder. You know, romantic relationships, a lot harder to break because of the investment that you've given emotionally and family, especially because a lot of people think, well, they're my only uncle. I don't have another uncle. So I have to deal with the bad stuff in order to get to the good stuff. So family is a little harder to break. And I'm not, uh, I'm not encouraging anyone to stay around toxic family. I'm just saying that when you have family and you have only one of those, one mom, one dad, then what ends up happening is that you're more willing to go through the, or a lot of people are more willing to go through the bad times to get to those good times. But is it an addiction? It may or may not be. But the question is, you know, this is the question to find out if you have a trauma bond or not to somebody in your life or something in your life. Can you walk away from it easily? That's the question. Can you walk away from this easily? Doesn't mean that's the only thing keeping you there is the trauma bond. I'm just saying. Let's just say that uh, the bad times outweighed the good times. Can you walk away from it? Should you walk away from it? Will you walk away from it? Could you walk away from it? However you want to word that question, whatever rolls in your mind and comes up with an answer for you, I think that's an important question. I personally have chosen to walk away from people no matter who they are, if they are toxic to be around. And that might mean I do have good times with them, but the bad times outweigh the good times and when they do, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want anything to do with it. And that has nothing to do with my coping mechanisms or my emotional resiliency. It has everything to do with how I want to feel most of the time. I want to feel pretty darn good most of the time. I can't always do that, but I would rather feel good more than I feel bad. That's how I assess a lot of relationships to people and anything in my life. I want to feel good more than I feel bad with anything in my life, with any person, with any situation, with any job. If I feel bad most of the time, I don't want to be around it or them. I don't want to be in that situation, in that relationship. And so I will work my way out of it. It doesn't mean I always succeed. It doesn't mean I can always get away, but I'm going to do my best. Because I don't want that thing or that person to bring me down. That's how I handle it. It's not maybe something that everyone else does, but it's something that I do to keep my life more peaceful, more comfortable, less stressful. And again, I don't always succeed, but it's my, um, that's my momentum. I like to go in that direction away from the stressors and the toxic people because I build momentum doing that. You can't build momentum when you're stuck in the cycle, ever. It doesn't work. If you're stuck in that cycle of love and abuse or good and bad and the bad outweighs the good, then you never get out of it. You have to think differently to get out of it. You have to have a mindset shift. And that mindset shift is realizing that it will never get better. I could be wrong. Yes, I could be wrong. But I like to... Put that out in front of me and say, no, it will never get better. Do something about it today. Take a step toward something different today or ask them to make a change. If it's a person in your life or a job, like you don't like the job, ask somebody, I need a change here because I'm unhappy. I need something different. I need to improve this situation. Otherwise, I won't be able to stick around and maybe that'll be the way it changes. Coming back to the person who asked about this, yes, you can become addicted to your own cycles that you perpetuate and because of that, it can be hard to leave it. Like I remember when I was critical and judgmental in my past romantic relationships, I can look at that as an addiction because I knew how to get love and connection from the person I was with. And um, one of the things I did, and I'm not proud of any of this, but one of the things I did was do the silent treatment to make my partner feel as if I was lost, I was depressed, I was sad, because what that would cause them to do, because they're kind, compassionate, supportive, generous people, would be to give me more attention and more affection and and ask me how can i help and i received a secondary gain from that you now i was re- receiving a benefit from doing toxic behavior or hurtful behavior and i can look into my past right now and see that's what i was doing i wanted to feel better so i sort of formed an addiction to perpetuating a cycle that Caused the person that I was with to feel bad to make me feel better. Wow, that sounds pathetic when I when I say that right now. But that's where I was and who I was at the time, and that caused them to give me more attention, more love, more affection, and uh, it also told me that what I'm doing worked. And if what you do doesn't have too many negative consequences, you're more likely to continue doing it. And this is why emotionally abusive people and abusive people in general will often continue what they're doing because there are no consequences or very few consequences and they keep, they keep going because the person never leaves their life if the a person in an abusive relationship never leaves the abuser the abuser keeps doing it there's there's like no reason to stop unless the abuser has uh reached enlightenment or has learned a different way to cope and is working on themselves or going through a program or seeking therapy or whatever, when you realize that uh, what you're doing perpetuates this cycle and you realize you would like more good than bad, you would like more high than low, then you can start to wean yourself off of the the trauma bond and the addictive qualities because you want to feel good more than you feel bad because that's what happens in a trauma bond. The trauma bond, or again, in my perception, addictions in general, you often feel bad more of the time than you feel good. You often feel bad more of the time than you feel good. And because of that, that's why it continues because you're seeking the next high, the next positive thing in your life. And uh, you believe that's the only way you can get it. And that's uh, one component I didn't talk about yet, which is You believe that the source of that good feeling is the thing or the individual, and that's the only source. You believe that's the only source that you can get this good feeling from. Drinking is the only source I can feel good, or that person is the only source I have for feeling worthy and lovable. When you finally understand that that's not the only way or the only person, when you finally take that out of the equation, you can start to think differently about it. It's just like every relationship that I was in, the person that left me, I believed they were the only person in the world, 8 billion, 9 billion people, they were the only person in the world that would ever make me feel good. That made no sense, but it makes perfect sense when you're going through it. But it makes no sense today when I think about the past. And I think what helped me understand that that person wasn't the only person to make me feel good, that it was because I went through several breakups and that taught me a huge lesson that each new person is a new experience and a new feeling of love and a new happiness that yes, it wasn't the old feelings. It wasn't what I felt with them, but what I felt with the people in my past had uh, a mixture of good and bad. It wasn't all good all the time. It was a mixture. And I I think we tend to forget that that mixture is part of the whole package. So if you were in a relationship with somebody in your life and they left you and you can think that's the only person for me, there will never be anybody else. You probably forgot a lot of the difficult times. You probably have not factored that into the equation and you probably realize, hopefully, You'll realize that the relationship didn't last, so you probably don't want a person in your life where the relationship's going to end like it did. That's how I see it. It's like, why would I want this person in my life if the people that we were together led to this breakup? The person they were, the person I was, led to this divorce. I wouldn't want that person in my life again because what we were together led to this outcome. And so this is how you start to, I don't know, you think differently. You have a mindset shift that I was talking about is you start thinking in ways that don't keep you in ruts. I don't want to stay in this rut of feeling bad, uh, that they're the only person that will ever give me happiness, or this is the only job that will ever make me happy. I don't want to stay in that rut. So I have to realize and remember that I've gone through this before and if you haven't, you might have to think a little differently than I do, but I think I've gone through this before. It was awful. It was terrible. And I I honestly believed that this is the only thing for me or the only person for me and the only person or thing that would make me happy. I honestly believed that at the time, yet months or years later, I felt differently about that. And I realized that's not true. It's not true. I mean, there are many, many people and jobs and situations out there that can unfold before you that can make you the happiest person in the world. And you may never have found that had the bad stuff not happened to you. I think that's where I'm going to leave it today. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this helps you in some way. And thank you to the person who wrote that message. I don't know if I actually answered your question, but that is my take on it. And uh, I thought it was a, a really complex question to think about but it was worth trying to figure out and share with you today thanks again and thanks for listening to another episode of the overwhelmed brain i want to thank our patrons this week larry steven brad ashley i see your names a lot thank you so much for your support of the show those are the financial backers of the show called patrons and i read different names every week thank you so much for your support once again If you value the show like these patrons do and you want to give back, you can head over to moretob.com and there are options to do that. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, I have another podcast called Love and Abuse over at loveandabuse.com. There are difficult relationships in our lives. Sometimes we can't avoid them and I try to help you deal with them and uh, sometimes avoid them. (laughs) Sometimes there are ways to avoid them, but it can be difficult. Head over to loveabuse.com for more on that. And if you are the difficult one in the relationship and you'd like to change that about yourself, head over to healedbeing.com. I have a very robust, very effective program that can help you stop hurting the people you care about. That's healedbeing.com. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And for my final thoughts, I'm thinking about that analogy, of smashing your thumb with a hammer. And I think if we look at some of the really negative things that happen in our life that don't stop happening, that sounded very rudimentary the way I just put it, but <laughs> the, the stuff that happens to us over and over again, like a daily exposure to a toxic person or a toxic work environment, if we were to treat these continually harmful um, events in our life, if we were to treat those events as smashing our thumb with a hammer, we might change how we talk to certain people or we might make different decisions for our lives. We might uh, develop the courage or the confidence it takes to change what we don't like happening to us. If somebody is being hurtful to you, we might have to change our approach to them or get away from them. If you're in a toxic work environment, we might have to change our approach, ask for help, tell somebody that it's toxic and this needs to change, or you'll have to take a different path. And of course, saying that involves risk because somebody might say, well, then go ahead, take a different path. But if you treated these negative events, these continual negative events in your life as hitting your thumb with a hammer, you might find that you change your life significantly for the better. I'm not saying it'll always happen that way. I'm not saying everything will work out for you. I'm just saying that sometimes we do have to treat the most negative aspects of our life as if our physical and mental health depended on it. And quite often they do no matter what always keep an open mind that's how you step into your power so that you can create the life you want always take steps to grow and evolve you are powerful beyond measure and above all and this is something i absolutely know to be true about you you are amazing